Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato, and this is Race Day at the 2023 Qatar Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts, and on today's episode, Max Verstappen backs up his championship win with a Grand Prix victory, despite last-minute changes to the tyre rules on safety grounds that reduced Red Bull Racing's usual advantage. The Mercedes drivers could have been his closest challengers, but Lewis Hamilton and George Russell's podium chances evaporated in friendly fire at the very first corner, putting Hamilton out of the race and sending Russell to the back. And high heat and humidity made this one of the most physically demanding F1 races in recent times, with drivers physically exhausted after the flag and several needing medical attention post-race. So to wrap up a tough ending to the weekend in Qatar, let's head now to your host in the paddock, it's Luke Smith. Luke Smith here once again bringing you the final roundup from Doha following Sunday's Qatar Grand Prix. Now, even after all of the excitement over Max Verstappen's championship win yesterday, we had a Grand Prix still to run and lots of points up for grabs. And boy, did it turn out to be a race that we will remember. I'm not saying that because of any exciting fight for the win, a nail-biter right to the finish, or even any real battle for the lead. You can guess how things panned out. Max Verstappen taking yet another dominant victory to go along with all the other dominant victories that have paved the way to his third world title. But the combination of some emergency tyre safety measures by the FIA and the extreme heat that drivers had to face throughout Sunday's race made this a race that left us with plenty of question marks going forward. Now, the tyre story is one that I've been tracking throughout the weekend on this podcast, and it does actually weave into a couple of the other major stories in today's race. The first details about a potential safety issue emerged on Saturday after Pirelli conducted its analysis of the tyres from Friday's running. When they cut into the tyres, they noted a small yet potentially critical amount of damage, forcing some measures to be taken. This included the modification of track limits at turns 12 and 13 to stop drivers running over the aggressive kerbs in that high-speed final sector. And the set was intended to see if it would ease the issues for Saturday when we had the sprint shootout and the sprint race, after which further analysis would take place. In a meeting with the FIA and the 10 teams on Sunday afternoon in Qatar, Pirelli presented its findings from the sprint race, where it noted the same kind of issues had emerged. It meant a step did have to be taken for the race in order to prevent any big safety issues from emerging. The FIA had said on Saturday it would enforce three pit stops if it needed to, and it did exactly that by introducing a maximum stint length for any tyre of 18 laps. This left strategists scrambling to work out what the best approach would be for the race. It was a late curveball that was not without some risk. If anyone did go over that 18 lap limit, then they could be disqualified from the race. A bit like Mark Marquez was at MotoGP in Phillip Island. About 10 years ago now, he simply went one lap too long and was shown the black flag. 
But many of the teams had known that this could be an eventuality, so they were actually doing some of their pre-race simulations anyway, factoring in that they may need to adhere to this kind of lap limit. Now, whenever we do have more pit stops in a race, it does tend to create a little bit more strategic variation. I think of Canada 2010, that great race when you had people on two, three, four stop strategies, and it really led to a great finish, everyone trying different things and working out the best way to get home. And I personally felt quite excited about how today's Grand Prix might pan out, only for it to end up being a bit of a damn squib. All of the teams had to run pretty much the same strategy purely because of how the tyres were performing and the available sets they had. It meant that the first stint for everybody was the shortest, using either a set of softs or used mediums, before then going on to a medium-medium-hard or medium-hard-medium for the final three stints. There wasn't the ability to create a tyre delta or use the undercut for any kind of powerful advantage. It all meant that once Max Verstappen had escaped Turn 1 unscathed, unlike two of the cars starting right behind him, he was able to go pretty much unchallenged to victory. He comfortably built a gap over McLaren's Oscar Piastri, who emerged as the closest contender in the race and opted to run the maximum stint length in the first three stints before a late charge on the softs just to get the fastest lap bonus point to cap things off. It all showed again that Max isn't going to let up just because this championship is won. He's still got the hunger and desire to be, in his words from Saturday, perfect. He doesn't want to let anything slip. Tonight, he'll be able to truly celebrate now being a three-time world champion. He said on Saturday it would only be a, a few sparkling waters. But don't go thinking he'll take his eye off the ball for a single second in these closing races. He'll want to win each of the five remaining Grand Prix and keep writing yet more history. Now, the battle for P2 in both championships will be a story that will keep us going throughout the coming weeks and Qatar saw both Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton miss a big opportunity to take steps forward in those fights. Hamilton and teammate George Russell collided at Turn 1. They started from 2nd and 3rd on the grid, and Hamilton, starting on the softs, made a lightning getaway. But he tried an ambitious overtake around the outside of both Russell and Verstappen at the first corner. It resulted in contacts between Hamilton and Russell that sent Hamilton's car into the gravel and left Russell's with damage forcing him to an early stop that dropped him to the back of the field. Both initially pointed the finger at each other, Hamilton saying on the radio he'd been taken out by his teammate, while Russell noted it was the second race running something like this had happened. You may remember at Suzuka they had a couple of close moments, but never any contact. Hamilton quickly came around to realise that he was in the wrong for the incident. He came to the media pen shortly after the clash once he got back, and said he took responsibility, that was his role in the team as the senior driver, as a leader at Mercedes in many ways. And he also put out a tweet later on taking full blame after watching back the replays. Still, it was a big opportunity missed for Hamilton to try and make inroads on Sergio Perez for P2 in the standings. As Perez had a very miserable race, he got two penalties for track limits, meaning he scored just a single point for P10. While it was also a chance missed for Mercedes to pull out a big gap to Ferrari in the constructors, the team didn't actually lose any ground and in fact extended its lead over Ferrari by a further two points. Russell was told over the radio as he was starting to contemplate what happened at Turn 1, how he'd been sandwiched and couldn't believe what had happened. Toto Wolff chimed in over the radio. He's not in Qatar this weekend, but he told Russell to keep his head down. It was a long race. And from there, Russell did produce a brilliant fight back to P4. It meant he finished ahead of the sole Ferrari of Charles Leclerc 
after Carlos Sainz, the second Ferrari driver, failed to start the race due to a fuel system issue. Now, one team that did make up a lot of ground in Qatar was McLaren, who repeated its double podium finish from Suzuka and the Saturday sprint race at La Salle, as Oscar Piastri and Lando Norris finished second and third respectively. We all knew that the pace was there and McLaren was the second quickest team in Qatar, the high-speed corners really suiting the MCL60 car. But the chaos at Turn 1 meant Piastri, even from 6th on the grid after his lap was deleted in Q3, was able to slip up to second place with ease. He even said thank you Mercedes when watching the replay back in the cooldown room, figuring out what had happened. Norris had a bit more of a fight on his hands. He started 10th again due to those track limit deletions, but he was able to easily pick his way up to third place before the final round of pit stops. He wasn't happy when McLaren told him to hold position behind Piastri, saying that he was much quicker, that there was a gap behind, so there wasn't anything for them to lose. But he was warned that George Russell could have been a threat in P4 had he gone for a set of softs. In the end, Norris had to settle for third place, which even though was his third straight podium finish, it did leave him feeling a little bit of frustration over the missed opportunities throughout the weekend. Still, a really good day for McLaren. They're now just 11 points behind Aston Martin in the Constructors' Championship, that fight for fourth place. And you've got to think, it's now an inevitability of when McLaren gets ahead. Now, finally, we do need to talk about the extreme heat that the drivers faced throughout today's race. It was conditions that we've not seen in an F1 race before. The hardest conditions that I think all of the drivers have raced in. And one that did raise a lot of questions about the suitability of racing. Now, all the way through this weekend, I've been talking about the heat, how I've never been hotter, how you then go into the media centre and it's like a big fridge, it's too cold, the air conditioning, blah, blah, blah. But when you got out on the grid today, like you could really feel the heat, even though it was close to eight o'clock local time, it was very close and there wasn't any breeze either. Getting into the nighttime as well, it got a little bit humid. There was a bit of moisture even when we went back to our car in the car park at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, it just felt roasting out there. It really did. I had a senior engineer from one of the teams come over to me and say, have you ever felt this warm? And I said, no, I haven't. Like, it was really, really hot. But for the drivers, it was a whole different ball game. In the race, so many of them reported issues with how they were feeling in the heat. Logan Sargent was on the radio and he was saying that he wanted to pull out. He felt sick. He was told initially, look, pull over. And he said, nope, I, I vowed I would continue on. I would keep pushing. In the end, he did retire. William said that he had some flu-like symptoms that had caused him to feel unwell. But he wasn't the only one struggling out there. All of them were to some extent. Esteban Ocon, he told us that he was vomiting in his cockpit in the early stages, like 15 or 16. But he never thought about retiring. He said he just kept on going. Alex Albon and Lance Stroll, they both had to go to the medical centre after the race. Uh, we've seen some of the onboards of them getting out of their cars in Parc Ferme. And it really is quite quite concerning really to see them staggering and struggling so much just to get out of their cars and, and move around but that is what the heat did to them Albon was treated for acute heat exposure he was then discharged and cleared by the medical staff and Stroll said that he felt like he was passing out through some of the high-speed corners Valtteri Bottas he said it was like torture in the cockpit because it was just so hot and a number of the drivers did try different ways to try and get more air going into their cockpit and into their helmets Yuki Tsunoda even opened his visor at one point only for sand to then blow into his eyes. So it was a really, really brutal race out there and I think one that raised a lot of question marks for the drivers. It was a combination of the high heat in Qatar. We are here in early October. 
if you think when we came here in 2021, that was late November, a very different climate. And we'll be back here next year in December. So it's not going to be so much of an issue. But then there was also the mandatory tyre stints, which again, doesn't seem like something that would make it more tough physically. But it did because the drivers didn't have to worry about tyre saving or management, meaning it was basically 57 qualifying laps. They could just push flat out all the way through. Knowing these cars that are so quick through the high-speed corners, so heavy as well, so physical, that again takes a big, big toll on their bodies. Factor in things like dehydration, because the drinks bottles, they've obviously heated up, turning the, the water in there basically into tea. And again, has an impact. And Charles Leclerc said that it even affects your vision, because you can't work out the tiny margins for track limits, which was another big talking point in Kassar but seemingly pretty irrelevant given this sort of safety issue and question marks about how tough it was for the drivers out there. I think it's something that F1 does need to bear in mind moving forward and it's maybe unlikely we ever see a race again that is such an extreme in terms of the heat. We don't come to many countries in this region around this time of year and Singapore is always the high watermark really in terms of what a tough race is. But I think Qatar has changed that. Every driver looks absolutely finished when they came to us in the media pen absolutely drenched in sweat and you really did feel for them i think it's something that f1 will look to learn from i think qatar it's been a a tricky weekend in many ways for the sport and i think that that is undeniable and we're now going to go into these final five races yes the championships are done but we want to make sure it's smooth we want to make sure that the stories are good we want to make sure that we have exciting battles on the track we've got some off-track drama spilling around as well with all the andretti and 11th team stuff but we really cannot afford to have any more races like this ever. We don't want the drivers questioning whether it was safe to be racing because of the heat, because of the conditions that they're put under. So yes, I think a lot of big questions and big lessons to be learned from today's race. Anyway, that is all for Qatar. Thank you very much for joining me over the past four days. It's been a real pleasure to be back on the hosting duties this weekend. And uh, yeah, I'll be passing you on to some very safe hands for the next couple of races. I'll be back in a few races time. Thank you ever so much for listening. And I look forward to talking to you again very soon. Thanks very much to Luke Smith, who was in the LaSalle paddock all weekend, bringing us the latest from the Qatar Grand Prix. You'll hear from Luke again later in the season, but for now you can find him on social media. Just check the links in the show description. The United States Grand Prix is up next in a couple of weeks, and you can keep up to date with all of the action from Austin by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts. And you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. While you're there, check out the Pit Pass Motorsports blog, powered by Podium Life, featuring racing articles and motorsport industry news. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.